Did you know one in four of the websites that you visit today on the internet is powered by something called WordPress? Today, we're going to look inside the world of WordPress and the opportunities that await within. My name is Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode 138. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks, a show where we talk about the many different ways that we can thrive in our careers, no matter if it's our second, third, or fourth one. I don't know about you, but these days when I hear about a new product or a new service or a brand or anything, really, I do one of two things. I go and search for that thing on the internet, hoping to land on its website so I can find out more about it. Or I go and search for it on social media. Everything and everyone has a website these days, or at least it feels that way, which definitely is a new thing. I still remember Web 1.0 and the days before the dot-com boom, when the internet wasn't as crowded and as populated as it is today. These days, having some kind of an online presence is a requirement. The easiest way to do that is to have a website. And one of the most popular way to have a website is through WordPress. It goes without saying, lots of people are working in the WordPress ecosystem. So today we're going to look at the role of the website designer and specifically WordPress. And helping me with that is Susanna Perkins, who has been working in the space since 2008. In the episode's main segment, we're going to talk about what WordPress is, how and where Susanna got her start in WordPress design, her thoughts around the other newer platforms, and where she is setting her sights for the next few years. Susanna also shares practical tips for anyone who might be interested in pursuing a career or a side business in website design. So that's what's coming up. But first... Inside Briefing Notes, the latest edition, which is the 36th, is a future of work issue. Now, this is one of the regular themes that we explore on the newsletter, where we look at various topics around the subject of future of work, which is clearly having a makeover of sorts. For several years now, we have been reading and getting warned about the future of work, what it's going to look like, who would most likely be affected, what skills are going to be needed, how are we supposed to be preparing for it. We've all heard about the rise of the gig economy, the robots in the workplace, artificial intelligence and how it's going to take over, digital, digital everything. We have heard them all. And we kind of sort of knew what we needed to do. And then COVID-19 happened and all bets are off. Now, to be clear, all of the things discussed before are still valid. And the most significant thing that's changed about them is the timing. So we're not looking at three to five years from now. We're looking at now. It's happening now. So if we want to continue working and thriving in this abruptly evolving reality, we must be quick to adjust and adapt. Curiosity is super, super important. We need to understand what's happening within the companies that we're working for, we're working with, uh, and also kind of pulling back within our respective industries. So we're going to need to understand and stay on top of what's becoming the next normal, right? And then 
armed with that sort of understanding, we're going to need to figure out how we can position ourselves better. Upskilling, reskilling, not optional. We cannot afford to not be tech savvy anymore. We cannot afford to not know the new way of doing things because that's one sure way of becoming irrelevant. And in an era of everything being digital, AI, remote work, nurturing relationships, this is something that we are all going to need to be good at. We cannot bow out and relinquish all to algorithms and rules and statistical data. You know, the future isn't what it used to be. And if there's one thing 2020 has reminded us, the future has lots of plot twists and turns, and it will always surprise. I've said this before, we'll say it again. We have front row seats. It's up to us to carpe, whatever the heck it is, there is to carpe. In addition to this main thing on a newsletter, I just want to highlight three other things from this week's issue. Thing number one, what does COVID-19 mean for the future of work? This one is a Forbes article that explores which of the abrupt changes that we're experiencing right now are likely to stick around after we have solved the pandemic and what the uh, knock-on effects are going to look like. No matter if you're an employee, a freelance, or business owner, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, we must all be prepared and be ready because it's not like we didn't get enough advanced warnings on this one. Technology reviews share that MIT researchers have now developed an artificial intelligence system that figures out when it, meaning the AI, should or shouldn't defer to a human. So let me repeat that. The AI is learning when it should or should not defer to a human. So if that sounds like sort of backwards or upside down, it kind of is. So the background for this is this understanding that humans are better off when we're working side by side with technology. So this is more than just using technology. Think of it like the AI being a co-worker, right? But the issue with that is algorithms are not really designed to optimize for this kind of handover, for this kind of AI to human handover. And so MIT researchers have now developed a system that would help the AI learn when to hand over to its human co-worker based on the strengths and the weaknesses of its human collaborator. I thought this was such a fantastic read. I, you know, I was chuckling the entire time I was reading that article. So it's so sci-fi, but it's also so real. (laughs) And thing number three, why making a plan is still advisable these days, even though things are moving so fast and our plans could easily become obsolete, we still need to make a plan. So this article talks about why um, coming up with one plan isn't advisable. In fact, uh, the suggestion is to develop multiple ones, multiple views. So that's also a good article to uh, review. To dig in further on these topics and the rest of this week's issue, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash archive. You're going to find the latest edition always at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe for free to get briefing notes in your inbox every Sunday. 
Okay, so let's talk about WordPress first before we dive into Susanna Perkins' career story. At its core, WordPress is the simplest, most popular way to create websites and blogs these days. More than one in four websites that you visit are likely powered by WordPress. On a more technical level, WordPress is an open source content management system. So let me break that down. Open source, meaning it, anyone can use or modify the WordPress software for free. Content management system is basically a tool that makes it easy to manage parts of your website, like content, without needing to know anything about programming. The end result is that WordPress makes building a website accessible to anyone, even people who aren't developers. Susanna had already been building websites pre-WordPress. And if you know anything about programming, uh, it's kind of like lifting the hood of the truck ain't pretty, <laughs> which meant that uh, Susanna was into hand coding in HTML. And then she discovered WordPress in 2008, and that changed everything. I took a couple of programming courses and came to the conclusion that my brain just doesn't work that way. So I kind of, you know, stepped back. And then around early 2008, I discovered WordPress. And that was really what I had been looking for because um, it, it took care of the programming part of the equation and left me free to develop websites that were really driven by the message and not the programming. And, you know, that was always what was important to me. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm a writer with an eye for design. I, I don't call myself a designer, but, you know, basically I'm a writer. I believe in the power of words, the power of the message. And I, I just don't think that websites should be driven by the people who think the bells and whistles are the important thing. So WordPress kind of gave me the ability to develop websites that could convey the message that their owner wanted them to convey in an attractive and effective fashion. Many years ago, WordPress was primarily a tool to create a blog. That hasn't been true for a long time, though. Nowadays, with the massive ecosystem of WordPress plugins and themes, you can create any type of website with WordPress. WordPress is used by individuals, big businesses, and everyone in between. But it isn't the only game in town. Several new platforms have entered the scene and have gained a fair share of the market. A few of the more popular ones are Squarespace, Weebly, Wix, and there are many others, but those three are the ones that I am most familiar with. I asked Susanna whether these new platforms have enticed her to branch out and broaden her focus beyond WordPress. I toy with the idea every now and again, and I, so far I have always decided not to for a couple of reasons. Um, the first is just the sheer learning curve. You know, every, every platform has its own idiosyncrasies, its own ways of doing things. Um, and if I'm going to be learning something new, I would rather be learning something new within the WordPress umbrella. For example, uh, just this morning, I was experimenting with a new plugin that provides a lot of different Gutenberg blocks, if you know what those are. Um, and so I'd rather spend my learning time doing things like that or, or you know, working with a new theme or something like that. 
so that's one thing. Another thing is, because again, I work with non-technical people, I'm very aware of what's involved if you try to move from one platform to another. Now, WordPress, because it is used so widely, I mean, more than a third of all websites in the world are built with WordPress at this point. So if you're in the WordPress ecosystem and you decide that you want to change your hosting company or change a theme or something like that, it's relatively easy to do. It's not that complicated. But if you're on a different platform, one that's not so widely expected, one that's proprietary. WordPress is open source. I mean, that's one thing. WordPress is open source. Um, if you're on a Squarespace or a Wix or a Weebly or something that's proprietary and you want to move, you're basically going to be building the site from scratch all over again with whatever platform you decide to move to. I didn't and realize that because I had moved hosts a couple of times, and it was very portable to just move my website. I didn't realize that that wouldn't have been the case had, had I been using Squarespace or anything like that. Right, because they, they're a proprietary system. They do they, they provide the hosting and the platform all as one. You can't, you can't go and, you know, sign up with SiteGround web hosting and put a Squarespace site on there. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Gotcha. Well... I guess one is that I feel uh, a little bit, uh, well, a lot, not just a little bit, a lot safer. Because it, from how you talk about it, I think WordPress is, is going to be with us for a long, long time. So there is no need for me to be worried about having to switch to a different platform. Right. I, I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> Back in 2008, when she first discovered WordPress, Susanna had a well-paying job, and she wasn't looking to start a business. She had done freelance work previously, but at that time, she had happily chosen to forgo freelance in favor of a stable job. So when she discovered WordPress, she started simply playing around with it for fun. Susanna and her husband had been thinking of possibly retiring overseas, and so she started a website where she wrote about the research and thoughts around retirement. She wasn't exactly looking to build an audience from this website or turn it into any kind of business. So I launched that site uh, the, the 1st of March in 2009. And on March 8th of 2009, the job, the well-paying, good job that I had that I thought was safe from the financial meltdown melted down. So uh, all of a sudden I was um, footloose and fancy free and not in a good way. <laughs> um, so I, I was forced back into, into freelancing. I tell people I was, I was forced back kicking and screaming and that's really kind of the way it was <laughs> um, because it was not what I really wanted to do at that time. At that time, I really, you know, would have preferred to have a job. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I I um, I started doing some freelance writing, and now at the same time that this was happening to me, um, my husband had gone back to graduate school, and he uh, with the idea that he was going to do a career change. He had spent uh, all of his life up to that time um, in electrical engineering. And he wanted to make some changes. He, he 
decided he wanted to teach. So he went back to grad school and graduated in uh, May of 2008 with the intention of teaching. And within three months of when he graduated, our local, the two local school districts where he would have been most likely to get a job, laid off more than 3,000 full-time teachers. So that put paid to his ideas of teaching. I mean, at that point, he couldn't even get a, 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 a substitute teaching assignment. He, he'd been doing a lot of subbing before then, but they were hiring their, you know, formerly full-time teachers for subs, and he couldn't even get a, a sub gig. So he ended up, at the age of almost 60, uh, riding his bicycle as a courier in downtown Orlando, hmm. which is uh, not exactly a lucrative profession. <laughs> there is no job security. And he would leave in the morning. Every morning he would walk out the door and hop on his bike. And I wouldn't know if he'd make it home because it's also a dangerous profession. Um, so it was to say that that was a stressful time is a huge understatement. So, um, that was the point when we decided that we needed time to recoup and regroup, and we uh, basically sold everything we owned except our house, which was, uh, at, you know, in that situation worth considerably less than we had paid for it 13 years before. Um, so we found a tenant for the house, and we packed up our personal possessions and our dogs and went and moved to the Republic of Panama because... My husband had turned 62 by this time, so he could take early Social Security. And in this small town in Panama that we had picked out, we could live on his Social Security check. And anything that I earned was extra. So we, we moved ourselves and, and the dogs to Panama. After a few months of just being able to breathe, I started thinking about, okay, what can I do? I mean, I need to do something, it, it, you know, just for my own self. Even, even if it wasn't going to make any money, I wanted to be doing something, you know. And um, so I started thinking, and I uh, got involved in some online groups and forums and, you know, bounced some ideas around. And So I decided that what I could do is I could teach people to use WordPress. And... I, I, I kind of had a heart for non-technical people. And um, so that was kind of who I was uh, aiming for. So I, I, I put together this site. I decided to call it WordPress Building Blocks because, of course, Building Blocks implies that it's child's play, that it's easy, that it's simple, that it's something that, you know, you can, you can do. You know, there's so many fantastic WordPress tutorial websites available. Even back then in 2012, there were. But I looked at them and I tried to look at them through the eyes of somebody, you know, who was kind of non-technical and feeling a little intimidated. And they just, I mean, they just looked intimidating. All you had to do was look at their homepage and the colors they choose, you know, these, these dark, strong blues and, you know, uh, all these really strong fonts. And, and, and you just, you know, you felt like you needed an IT degree just to read the homepage, for goodness sakes, you know. Susanna decided she wasn't going to follow the lead. With her intent to support non-technical people, she deliberately designed her website with a thoughtful selection of colors and fonts that would appeal to the people she wanted to help the most. And it started to work. 
I started to get traffic. I started to get, you know, people coming to me. Uh, I was part of one online uh, forum. And uh, as an experiment, when I was, you know, starting all of this, I thought, well, I'm going to uh, offer a few basic setups for a ridiculous price and, and just use them as learning experience. So just within this forum, I offered, and this is 2012, so yeah, prices were a little lower than, than they are now, but, you know, that I would uh, put together a basic WordPress site for you for $25. And uh, I had about half a dozen people take me up on that pretty pretty quickly. And it gave me the, the information and the experience I needed to know what my audience was looking for, you know. Um, and because we were living in Panama on nothing a month, I could afford to do that. You know, if we'd been back in the States, I, I wouldn't have been able to. So then after that, I started, you know, started charging real prices and started making real offers and everything. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, grown from there. But that's that's how it started. It started out of desperation. <laughs> so were you initially thinking, I am going to build WordPress sites for people or I'm going to teach people how to build? WordPress website or both? Both. So you were developing what is now very common, like online courses and stuff like that I, back then? I didn't really have anything you could call a course back then. Uh, what I did was my my teaching was all basically through what I was putting on the, on the website. So you've been doing this for a while now, Susanna. And I was wondering what... What parts of it do you still love or do you love? What parts of it really are like, this is who, you know, it fits me perfectly, this kind of work? I think I love trying new things and I love, I guess it would be kind of like, uh, you know, somebody who is a, an artist, you know, and and they, they go around with their sketchbook and they just they sketch things that look interesting to them and they play with that and they fool around with it just, just, you know, because they love doing it. Um, and, and I like taking a blank page and kind of doing that thing with it online. I, I love, you know, years ago, years and years ago, uh, I did a fair bit of work in print media and I love working online so much more because it's so immediate you know, you can do something and you can see it right away. And if you want to change it, you can change it right away. You don't have to make the change and send it to the printer and wait for, you know, two weeks. <laughs> uh, so I, I love the immediacy of that. And just being able to go and try different things and, and um, come up with new ideas. If you were to, to talk about your work at, at the macro level, do you think it's more creative or it's more technical? Yes. <laughs> you know, it depends. I mean, I have uh, I have some clients who ha who have hired me to handle their ongoing maintenance because, you know, any website, no matter what the platform requires maintenance. And, uh, you know, you, you, you need to with WordPress, you need to make sure that your plugins and your themes and WordPress itself are all up to date. Uh, you need to stay on top of any possible security issues. You know, there's there's a, a lot of ongoing maintenance. Um, 
you know, it's like house cleaning. It never ends. You, you, you can't just sweep the floor once or wash the dishes once. You have to do it all the time. Well, you know, it's, it's the same. So I have clients who, who've hired me to handle this maintenance task for them. And, you know, it's not hard. It doesn't even really take a lot of time. Uh, but it's, it's definitely kind of on the, on the mundane end of things. And then on the other end, you know, I have people who hire me to design an entire website. And that's very creative because they have to understand what, you know, what, how their business works and then figure out how to present it in a visual format that will allow somebody who's never seen it before to start here and follow it through to here and here and here until they take this desired action or you know, whatever it is. Um, so that's that's a process that requires a fair bit of research and, uh, and a lot of creativity. Susanna may have been working within the WordPress world for many years now, but she continues to set her sights on where she wants to go from here. One thing's for sure, she's sticking with WordPress for the foreseeable future. In the last couple of years, I've created some some actual courses, and uh, I'm working on another one. I'm working on a, a course that would focus on the Gutenberg blocks. Um, and I, I would like to kind of move my emphasis from building sites for people into more of the teaching, because I find I really enjoy that. So that's kind of a, a mild pivot, I guess. I mean, it's still definitely within WordPress and I would still be doing a lot of the same things I'm doing now, but I would spend more of my time teaching and developing courses and less of my time working on client sites. So this would be teaching folks who would like to DIY their websites as opposed to teaching developers, for example. Right, exactly. Yeah, like I said, I'm one of those DIYers. And honestly, there's a part of me that's like, because I have an IT background and there's a part of, a part of this is pride. There's a part of me in the, mm, the back of my brain that goes, Lou, you've got an IT background. You cannot possibly not figure this out for yourself. So, <laughs> Well, actually, I have a client that I'm, I'm working with right now who uh, is very technically savvy, has all the skills, um, but she actually hired me to move uh, a, an old HTML site into WordPress because she just didn't want to be putting the time into it. So I, I do get people in that situation also where, yeah, they can do it themselves. They know how to do it. Um, and I actually, I love working with them because they're so easy because they understand what I'm saying. I don't have to uh, think about the way I'm explaining things and, and try to, you know, phase it down so that somebody with less knowledge can understand it. You know, there's, a, it's, it's sometimes it's like a balancing act because on the one hand, I want to put it in really simple terms for somebody who is just starting out. On the other hand, I don't want to be patronizing and make them feel like I'm looking down at them, you know? <laughs> in those cases, was that also a website we designed or is, is it just a, not just, but because it's a tremendous amount of work when you move from one to another, like when you move hosting, for example. So right. well, were you also redesigning the website yeah, at the same complete time? Complete redesign. Gotcha. thinking that becoming a website designer is something you'd like to look into as a possible career path or a possible side job, 
Susanna says getting your feet wet with a non-serious play website is the way to go. What follows here are Susanna's thoughts on WordPress specifically, but really it applies to any website platform that you might be interested in. I'm a big believer in learning by doing. And I think that you can learn more from actually doing it than by reading every book in the world or watching every YouTube video or, you know, whatever. So I would say build your own site about something that interests you. I don't care if it's, you know, your, your, your favorite breed of dogs. Um, it doesn't have to be something you necessarily want to make money at. But build a site and have some goals for it so that you know when I talk about the, uh, the, the step, the most important step that you want a site visitor to take, you can figure out what that is. You know, maybe you want somebody to, you know, download your free report on, you know, why, why papillons are the best breed of dogs if you live in an apartment or whatever it is, you know. Um, but just do it and get familiar with it and play around with it and experiment with it. And if you still love it after that, then then you're in a position to start learning the technical parts of it that that you'll need in order to work with clients. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Susanna, but if, if someone were just going to try and do that, it doesn't cost much, right? It doesn't cost much to host like a, a play website that you can play with. No, no, it really doesn't. I mean, you need a domain name, and that's going to be, you know, about $10 a year. Um, it's pretty insignificant. You need a web hosting company um, for for shared hosting, which is where most people start uh, because it's, you know, the least expensive. Um, I always recommend SiteGround, and they do have servers that are specifically configured for WordPress so if you're doing a WordPress site, then you should definitely choose to have your hosting in on their WordPress servers. Uh, that's going to be, depending on the plan you choose for the first year, it can be as little as $60, I think. So really, for, for a, a site that's not super serious, um, you probably... If you're just playing around, you, you, you could probably use a free theme. Uh, if you're going to use a free theme, then Astra, A-S-T-R-A, is a great choice. They're super fast and super well-coded. That's the only free theme that I ever recommend. Um, if you want to go with a premium theme, um, then you'll have a cost associated with that, and that will vary with the theme. But that's probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of... 75 to 125 dollars so you can really get started with everything you need for under 200 dollars susanna and i chatted for this episode in the summer of 2020 in the shadow of the global pandemic as we wrap up our chat i asked susanna what she's looking forward to these days going out to eat breakfast in a restaurant yeah that's a biggie with me um <laughs> uh, seeing my kids my, we have five kids, and of course they're all grown now, um, and they live literally coast to coast, east to west. So we have my oldest son and his daughter, our granddaughter, are in Seattle. We have a son in Rochester, New York. We have a daughter in Boston. We have another daughter in Providence, Rhode Island, and then we have uh, our son and his wife in in 
to kids uh, here in the Orlando area. Um, and, you know, it used to be back in the good old days <laughs> that, you know, the kids were all just an airplane ride away. Well, now that's much more complicated. Before all this happened, I had made plans to go up and spend some time with my youngest daughter in May, and that didn't happen. Um, we have no plans to see any of them right now, even the one who lives here locally. That's very difficult. Uh, soon enough, I guess. Soon enough, we get to hug each other again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Susanna, thank you so much. I so appreciate you sharing your the behind the scenes of your work. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Well, it, this has been a blast. I, I really had a good time, Lou. I appreciate the invitation. You can find out more about Susanna Perkins at WPBuildingBlocks.com. We mentioned a number of resources in this episode. For all the links and the highlights of this episode, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or like listening to the podcast, please share it with your friends. Tell them about this episode or about season four, which is all about new careers and the new economy. They're going to thank you for it. And so will I, of course. It helps tremendously when you help spread the word. Next week, we're going to take a look at online communities, something that's really exploded in the last few years. I'll be joined by Shannon Paris, a community advocate at the What Works Network, and she's going to help me peel back the curtains for a look-see inside the world of community management. The best way to not miss that episode and all future episodes is to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that using whatever app it is that you're using right now to listen to this episode. Or if you happen to be listening to this on the website, if you look right around the audio player, you're going to find some options for podcast apps as well. Okie dokie. I'll be back next week with Shannon Paris. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your den, my friend. Cool beans.